This is B2B Radio featuring Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a nationally recognized leading business-to-business advisor, will present information that helps reduce risk, improve financial performance, and change your company's future. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. Hello and welcome to B2B Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And uh, today, we are going to talk about a topic that I'm sure everyone is keen to hear about, and that is how to increase your revenue. Um, And actually, we're going to probably do a couple of shows on this because um, I don't think we're going to be able to get through everything in one show. Uh, Before we dive into all that, though, I wanted to give a shout out to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. Unlock your capital and unleash your business potential, CPI. Capital Plus creates customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. So definitely check them out. Um, So, uh, again, revenue growth. Wanted to talk through this a little bit. So if you break it down in a very simple, in its simplest form, I should say, there are really only four ways, um, again, on a macro level, on how you could increase your revenue. And those are, you're going to, you would increase the number of customers you have, right? Um, Another way would be you increase the average transaction size, you upsell. So um, think of, uh, I guess a good good example would be uh, McDonald's. Uh, you go to McDonald's, your cheeseburger, and what do they say? Do you want fries with that? That's an upsell. That's increasing the transaction size. Otherwise, you'd have bought that one cheeseburger for two bucks. This way, you end up getting Coke. You get you know you get the fries, whatever. That you're increasing that transaction size. Another place that does it, um, and actually I'll reference them um, a lot during these uh, this revenue revenue growth discussion is, of course, the uh, behemoth of Amazon. So if you, I'm sure most people, if not all, have ordered from Amazon something at some point or another. And you ever notice when you order something, when you get down to the bottom, there's always that people who bought this also bought blah, 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 right? Extra, extra things there. So that's another example of like an upsell type of thing. And ironically enough, I got to tell you that at least a third of the time that I've had that, I at least seriously consider buying one of those complimentary products. Um, So it's definitely effective. Uh, Another way you can increase your revenue is, again, on the macro level, is increase the frequency of transactions per customer. And that can be in many different forms, but um, typically that's referred to as um, like cross-selling. So you're um, selling other products that you have to your customers, A, so you increase the frequency, that's how, in one way, increase the frequency. Or, and it may be a, a, a product that is, um, uh, needs, you need it every month, like say um, vitamins, right? So you buy a month's worth of vitamins and you need another month's worth um, in a month uh, later. So that's another way to do that, um, sell products that um, require that recurring um, order. And then, of course, the most straightforward of those is you increase your prices. So I'm going to save that one for last because that one, there's not a whole lot, frankly, to talk about with that. Although I'm going to give you some tips on things to look for when you are increasing your prices and make sure that you don't uh, get yourself into a bad situation as far as increasing your prices to, to the point where it's, it's detrimental to your business, which is always um, of course a risk with that. Um, so I'm going to literally want to go through and talk through an order of, you know, these four different um, ways. And so um, I want to talk 
you know, first about how do you increase the number of customers you have? And that's, that's a pretty basic thing. And I think something that everyone always looks to do, of course. And so I want to go through some of those things. So, you know, the first thing you can do is, and it depends on your business and this won't work for all businesses, but you can extend your market area, your geographic market area. Um, so depending on what type of service you offer, you can sort of, you know, branch out that vicinity that you're working in. Um, if you have a service business, of course, there are you know, things to consider with that. You have additional mileage on your vehicles, perhaps, um, additional travel time for your technicians, your service folks. Um, so there's definitely things to consider with that. But again, you have to price it to make sure that it's effective and profitable for you. Another way to increase your number of customers is, and this is an easy one that I think a lot of people miss, is you know, create some referral or affiliate partnerships. Uh, find businesses that are complementary to yours and partner with them. And so you can refer business back and forth between the two of you um, and maybe you know, you can work something out there to where you're either giving them, you know, some type of referral fee, a percentage of what they send you perhaps, or if you send them two, they send you two, you know, something like that. But that is an easy way if you've got referral partners um, to be able to do that. And you can, of course, again, on the affiliate side, I mean, that's um, been all the rage the last several years is creating uh, affiliate relationships, especially online. But that's an easy way as well. And that is really more so on the, on the lines of someone else is promoting your products, your business, um, and then they essentially get you know uh, a commission for that or some percentage of what they send your way, you know as I alluded to earlier. So that's another option there. Um, and this one, you know, I've I've talked about this on other shows because it's it's tangentially related to a lot of different areas. But you know, of course, you can always increase your marketing spend. Now that. The, the precipice of that is that you have to make sure that you're doing things correctly and, and you're getting return on your marketing spend. So, again, the normal uh, guidelines or guidance I like to give on marketing spend is you should spend between 2 and 15% of your annual revenue. Uh, even in the most dire down times, you, gotta, you have to ensure you're expending you know, at least 2%. Um, and, and typically that's going to be in the 2 to 8%. Um, but depending on where you're at um, in your cycle, or if there's an opportunity, perhaps when your one of your competitors has gone out of business, um, or is in you know a tough spot, and you can maybe take advantage and gain some market share, you might go above that eight percent, and you know go up into that you know ten, twelve, fifteen percent range. Fifteen would be kind of an extreme example, but um, certainly uh, po- uh, possible. But that being said, you need to make sure that you can measure what you're getting from each of your marketing avenues. And sometimes that's difficult to do, admittedly. But then from those, you're gonna, you need to make sure that you're getting a 300% return, at least a 3% return, 300% return. So if you're spending $10,000 on marketing, you should expect that you're getting $30,000 of revenue from that $10,000 spend. So as you can imagine, if you're doing that, that you can almost, again, I'm, I'm simplifying. I know it's not exactly this easy in real life, but... If you know if you spend an extra 10000 on marketing, you're going to get at least $30,000 of revenue. So, again, that's a way to increase your revenue, have revenue growth. And more than likely in that case, it's in the form of, uh, you know, increasing your number of customers, which, you know, what we're talking about now. Another one that I really like is, and, again, it's a, it's an sort of an obvious one, but I think gets missed often because, you know, as a small business owner, you've got uh, wearing a lot of hats and you're you're in the weeds a bit, is to have a sales contest during your slow season. 
Um, so when your down season happens, instead of you know kind of just relinquishing yourself to the fact that you're going to have slow sales, um, which is you know to some extent you're going to have a, d- a dip depending on how you know how cyclical your business is, but create a sales contest for your sales folks and um, you know have some prize at the end, but make it run during the entirety of your slow season, so you really get those guys and girls uh, working hard during that slow season to ensure you know they're not just again kind of settling for slow times um, during then. You don't want to make that a uh, uh, something that they just get used to. We are actually uh, bumping up against a break here, so I want to I want to cut that off, and we'll pick it back up after the break. But we'll come back to the next segment again. We'll continue talking about ways to um, increase your number of customers, and we'll give the uh, Mr. Biz tip of the week. So we'll see you after the break. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. Do you need to dive into online marketing but don't know where to start? Maybe you need an expert to help design your website. Or maybe you just need to drive more traffic to your website. Our Biz Marketing is here to help. Our customized local service specializes in digital lead generation. Our Biz Marketing, where our business is marketing your business online. Go to rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. To submit questions to the show, email them to MrBiz at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Welcome back to B2B Radio with me, Mr. Biz. And again, want to give a shout out to Capital Plus, our show sponsor. CPI, Capital Plus, removes the hassles of balancing cash flow by becoming your full service credit and collections department. Highly recommend them. So definitely check them out on CPI at CPI.com. So the Mr. Biz tip of the week this week is, for this show, is the way you've always done it might not be the best way. Uh, and again, again, when you say it out loud, it sounds obvious. But I know uh, oftentimes when I go into businesses and we're evaluating things and optim- optimizing the business, that's the answer I get a lot of times is, well, that's the way we've always done it. And, uh, you know, I think we got to guard against that sort of complacency. All right, so let's dive back into um, uh, you know how to grow your revenue and specifically um, how to increase the number of customers you have. So this one's kind of a big one. So if you don't have it already, you have to set up an online store if you're selling products. Um, if you're selling a service, I still would absolutely recommend you have a website, at least to have a repository of information in the products and services you offer so you can point someone in that direction. I think oftentimes, you know, if you don't have a website, I think it's, you know, people portray that as you're not really a serious business. You might be a little fly by night type of operation, obviously not the uh, perception you want in the marketplace. Um, But if you have products you're selling and you don't have an online store, you absolutely have to take advantage of that. So uh, give give me a a few statistics here that I think that are pretty telling. So e-commerce, and I actually think this is a little conservative, but E-commerce is growing at 23% annually. 
So think about that over a you know three four year period. You're you're doubling things up. Um, and again, I I would almost I was a little surprised it's that low actually. Another couple statistics here that are I think very telling and absolutely support what I'm saying is. 51% of people prefer to shop online. So we've actually crossed over the threshold, and we can say it's a majority. It's, a, it's barely a majority, but more than half of the people would prefer to shop online. And I know for most most things, I, that's me. I can tell you that. I like to, I'd rather go online and, and look for things and have a lot bigger variety typically that rather than driving around to five different stores and trying to find it, and they're out of it here, but they have it over there. Um, you know, it's just more efficient use of your time in, in many cases. Now, some things, obviously, you want, you don't want to buy online where you want to be able to touch it, feel it, sit on it, a couch or something like that. Um, but I think overall, um, that definitely supports what I'm saying here. But so 51% prefer to shop online, but only 46% of small businesses actually uh, are actually 40% do not have a website. So almost half of small businesses do not have a website, and I think that's crazy. Uh, again, I don't care what kind of business you have. I think you need to have a website, even if it's a simple website, uh, depending on, again, if you're, you're a service provider, um, even if you're a lawn care company. I think people, I mean, think about it. When you hear about a company, what is the, one of the first things that you do if, you've, if you're not familiar with that company? You may talk to friends, ask, you know, do you, have you heard of this place? Have, do you know anyone that's done business with them? And then more than likely, you Google it. You Google the name. And if you don't find a website, I think it definitely leaves a, a negative connotation and a bad taste in your mouth. And you may drop it at that point. And that's a, absolutely a, a lost business opportunity um, if that happens. So um, you know, get a website. Um, and the other thing that adds to this um, is convenience for your customers. So I'll give you a quick example. I was working with a medical practice um, that was a specialist. And... Um, it was actually a podiatrist, uh, just to make it to, so I can talk in more clear terms or more definitive terms. And, of course, as a podiatrist, there are certain products that they have that their um, patients need on a regular basis, and they wear out, right? So if you have, for example, a boot on your foot, your ankle, et cetera, a brace on your knee, uh, specific orthotics for your shoes, um, a, a variety of different things like that, and some of those things, you, you know, at some point need replaced, and it makes it much easier. It's a convenience factor for your customers, uh, your patients in this case, if they can easily go online and just order and have it delivered right to their house. Think of the alternative. They have to make an appointment in the doctor's office, depending where that is. It could be a pain in the neck, and it could be two or three weeks to get in. And if you're working and you're trying to work, fit it into your work schedule, and when can you get away from work to get to the doctor's, just for them to look at you and say, oh, yeah, here you go. Or even trying to stop by the doctor's office, which... Oftentimes, doctor's offices are, you know, have the typical sort of nine to five schedule. If you work nine to five, how the heck are you going to get there before they close, right? So that becomes uh, an issue. So that convenience factor. So the, the practice I was working with, we opened an online store, and they, I can, I can tell you for sure, they were very hesitant to follow my advice. We opened it, and it absolutely exploded. We had set goals. And it absolutely exploded. And we began putting on the discharge papers or, or, you know, when people would leave the office or after they had surgery, we would tell them, you know, about the our web store and how you could go out there and you didn't have to come into the office to buy things or you didn't have to go anywhere. You could just order them, have them delivered directly to your house. And people absolutely loved it. It took off. Um, uh, it, it was it was a pretty rewarding feeling for me because I know that 
again, they were pretty hesitant to follow that advice, and it worked out, so I was pretty happy about that. Um, if you do have a website or you do create a website, either way, there's a couple of things, and again, there's a whole litany of things you can do there, and I don't want to get too far off topic here, but while we're talking about creating an online store, I want to make sure that, uh, and having a website, that, you know, there's a few things I should mention here. Check the speed of your website. So there's a bunch of different ways to do that. You can Google it. Um, I don't want to uh, promote any particular one, but you can, there's certain ways to go out there, and it will tell you what the speed of your website is compared to what it should be, um, and you can compare that to other sites. Because speed is a significant factor when people buy online, um, we are we we have become almost uh, you know constant ADHD. Think about it: if you click on a web page, and think about it: if it takes you three seconds, if it takes three seconds for that page to load, which doesn't sound like a lot of time, but if you count thousand one, thousand two, thousand three, that's like an eternity for loading a website. Right? We're used to things just popping up right away, so you got to check that speed. And if you need to hire you know, hire someone who's who's well versed in that topic and can help you improve that speed. There's a lot of different things you can do there. Obviously, um, checking your SEO, uh, your your search engine optimization, working with, and again, not to get too far into the weeds on this, but your meta titles, your meta descriptions have a significant impact on that. Those are free. You can update those for free. Um, and of course, on the paid side, you can work with Google on their AdWords and um, and then you can t- determine from Google Analytics and um, Google search words which ones are the most pertinent to your business. Um, you know, look at your site, um, and when you're looking at Google Analytics and things like that, you can determine some of these things. So you can look at the conversion versus visitors. So people that pop on your site, how many people pop on your site on a given time. You can see how many pages they visit when they come to visit you, um, and then you can see how what percentage of them actually buy something from you. And along those same lines, you can see this is another one of those um, typical things they measure is uh, abandoned cart. So when people actually put something in a shopping cart but actually don't actually ever, ever buy it. So that's a significant thing, and you want to retarget those people. So you have to be able to start to track those things because obviously they're very interested in your product and maybe something po- happened. Another big tip here that, that pops up is uh, and I, statistic. When you go to buy something on a site that you haven't bought something from before and they ask you to register... I know it's a little bit annoying for myself, and what I found was 23% of people will abandon the order if they have to register. I mean, some people just aren't looking for a long-term relationship with a with a uh, website. So the thing to do there is you use the continue button, and you can still get basic info from them. Obviously, they have to give you their their um, email address and their their uh, um, uh, mailing address to be able to mail things out. So those are some things to watch for on your website. Um, We're up against a break here. We'll come back and we'll continue talking through um, how to grow your revenue. Do you need to dive into online marketing but don't know where to start? Maybe you need an expert to help design your website. Or maybe you just need to drive more traffic to your website. Our Biz Marketing is here to help. Our customized local service specializes in digital lead generation. Our Biz Marketing, where our business is marketing your business online. Go to rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at 
info at mrbizsolutions.com. Don't hesitate because there are limited spots available. Follow Mr. Biz on social media at Mr. Biz Tweets on Twitter and Ken Mr. Biz Wentworth on LinkedIn. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Welcome back. Uh, so I want to continue our conversation here about ways to grow your revenue. And, you know, during the first uh, two segments, we talked through different ways to increase your number of customers, which is clearly a way you can improve your revenue. And so I want to move into sort of that second piece that we talked about at the outset of increasing the average transaction side or, you know, the upsell, the McDonald's fries, you know, do you want fries with that? The uh, Amazon, you know, people also bought this product, that type of thing. But before we even get into any of that, I want to mention one of these things, a specific thing that I think is very interesting is, and it, again, it'll, it'll sound very obvious when I say it, but it gets overlooked often is don't forget about your current customers. And I'm not talking necessarily about retention. I'm talking about um, targeting some of your current customers because you may offer some products that they may need or may be able to use, and they just don't even know you offer that product. Um, so paying attention to your customers. So, um, and again, this is going to vary by business and by industry, but according to one survey, it was a general small business, overall small business survey, 61% of small business revenue comes from existing customers. So the point being there, don't forget to market to them. So we're often always uh, always trying to you know uh, obtain new customers, but we miss the fact that we have a captive audience of people who already like us. Um, so we've, we've cleared a huge hurdle there, right? Um, hopefully they're getting good products from us and they enjoy the products, et cetera. Um, and, and so we're, we're they're already you know if you if you have a a five point scale on on obtaining a new customer. If you have an existing customer, you're, you know, three and a half or four-fifths of the way there um, because you already cleared a bunch of hurdles. They know who you are. They know the quality of your products. Um, they know everything about you. So you've already cleared a bunch of those hurdles. It's just a matter of, at that point, is there another product that you offer that would be beneficial to them? So don't forget to market to current customers. Um, so, okay, increasing average transaction side uh, size. I should say. So one of the ways to do that is to bundle your products. So again, it depends what, what you offer, but you can do this on the service side or on the product side. So, and again, you see this in many different forms and all kinds of different businesses. So that's a, obviously a clear indication it must work or people wouldn't do that because it, it creates a sense of value as well. Because if you're able to, instead of buying things individually, you, you, you bundle them together and uh, it's a little bit cheaper, right? So instead of paying uh, $10 each for four products and costing $40, you may uh, sell those four products together for $35, let us say. So there's a $5 savings. There's perceived value on the customer side. Um, and think about it. Everyone talks about bundles, right? Your, your, your cable service provider, you know, that type of thing. Internet, your internet provider more than likely offers uh, television, cable, you know, wants you to sort of bundle those things to get uh, get additional revenue out of you and, and get a little deeper into your pockets there in a positive way, right? Because you can save money and on their side, they're going to get more revenue out of it. So that's definitely a, a uh, something that I recommend. Another thing I think um, in stores uh, increasing your average transaction size is consider a tiered sale. Um, 
and that might be a, I'm not sure I've actually heard that that terminology before. That might be a Mr. Biz original. So let me explain what that mean, what I mean by that. Um, it, you've definitely experienced it before. Uh, I'll put it that way. So what I mean by that is, the more you spend, the bigger discount you get. So how often do you get a coupon that'll say you get ten dollars off your first hundred, uh, you get twenty five off two hundred, et cetera, et cetera. So the discount gets bigger. So in that example, you're getting ten percent off of the first hundred dollars you spend, and you're getting what is it twelve and a half percent in that example, the twenty five off of two hundred. Um, that tiered sale type of thing is absolutely very effective because think about it. You know, if someone comes in in that example, and um, that's not really an extreme example, but think about it. If someone comes in and they they spend, uh, they're going to spend one hundred seventy dollars. So they've got one seventy in their basket, and they're getting they're getting ready to check out, and they go, "Gosh, if I spent thirty dollars more, I can get an extra fifteen dollars off." And so you start to do the math in your head, and you start to justify it in your head, right? So in that example, you say, literally, if I spend thirty more dollars than I was already going to spend, I'm going to get an extra fifteen. So I'm really getting 50% off on my last 30, if you follow that math. Um, and so you start to justify it, and then what do you do? You go look for $30 more of stuff to buy to get that $25 discount um, to increase it from the 10 One thing to consider, though, when you're offering discounts and, and sales, and there's a couple different rules of, of thumb there and, and different thoughts, of uh, process thoughts, is you, know, you can either be a business, I would say, to kind of be either one or the other that rarely offers discounts, or one that offers discounts often, and I would hesitate to be the latter. Um, and I'll just use the example for folks that may have um, any Kohl's uh, department stores around you. I mean, if you have a Kohl's around you and you're familiar with Kohl's and their their uh, sort of their structure and how they run things, you never buy something at Kohl's for regular price because they run sales all the time. They have their uh, Kohl's dollars or whatever they call them. Um, which essentially is, you know, additional money off, but they get you back in the store, so it's good for them. But if you if you create that situation where you're offering these types of sales often, what you uh, a lot a lot of the time what you get is a finicky customer. So again, you might get to the point where you say, "Gosh, I'm not going to buy from Ken because I know he's going to have a sale soon, so I'm just going to wait until the sale before I buy." So you want to make sure you don't overdo that. Um, but that tiered sale is definitely a way to increase that transaction size. Along the same lines, and you'll be from you'll you'll be familiar with this one for sure, is change the way you have shipping charges. So if you have a product that you're shipping, um, so the first thing you can do is you can offer, um, like Amazon, you can offer free shipping a, a greater a, for orders greater than a certain dollar amount. Um, and so, for example, again, you've seen this on Amazon that if you order above a certain amount, you know you get that free shipping. Well. How many people out there, and I would say raise your hand, but I'll never see you, but <laughs> is uh, how often do you go to buy something off of Amazon and you see that you're $6 short of free shipping? It, it, and it's going to cost you you know, 8 or $10 to ship it, whatever you've already purchased or you're going to purchase. Well, in that situation, what are you going to do? You're going to go find $6 worth of stuff to, and actually it might not be 6 because you can't find 6 so you buy 10 so you actually go over the threshold, right? But you do it to save that. Um, shipping charge, and then I mean, I know myself. I've justified it in my head to say, "Well, that was kind of like free." Um, in reality, it's not really free, right? But um, it's uh, it's an interesting thing, and, and statistics around that. So, in this, this will show you how powerful this is. Forty percent of people will add things to their cart to reach that threshold, a la Amazon. 
So 40% of the time when you have that free shipping threshold that you offer, 40% of the time you're going to get a, a larger transaction side, size if you offer that. Now, along those lines, you have to make sure that you really, really dig into the pricing on that because you don't want to get yourself in trouble. And, and, you know, Amazon does it as well. So there are certain things that they don't offer free shipping on. And so you'd have to make sure you do that. So, for example, if you have something that is very large, very heavy, awkward to ship, that's going to cost a ton of money to ship, you probably want to make sure that that's not eligible. And you want to, if you do that, you want to make it very transparent on your website so you don't end up with an angry customer who puts it in their cart and finds out that that's not uh, it's not free to ship that particular um, item. So I think that's very important. So keep those uh, that those things in mind as far as um, change, uh, changing your shipping charges um, to add more to your value. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and stop there because we're we're almost at the, out of time here, and I want to pick up uh, with that. We'll have another show um, to continue talking about revenue growth and different ways that you can do that. So we'll pick that up um, during the next show. But uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. You can always follow us on Facebook, uh, Mr. Biz Solutions, um, Twitter, at Mr. Biz Tweets. Of course, on LinkedIn, I'm at Ken, Mr. Biz Wentworth. And I share free content on that, on those all those platforms every single week, almost daily. So definitely go check those out and get some free content there. Um, but again, thanks for listening. And thanks to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. You can reach them at cpifunding.com or 855-522-3951. Have a great week, and don't forget, cash flow is king. This has been B2B Radio with your host, Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for 25 years. Learn more about them at cpifunding.com or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.